If you're a woman listening to this, have you ever had days where things seem to be going fine, then all of a sudden you're just hit with this overwhelming wave of sadness and pain and grief as you think about the past? You kind of just feel overwhelmed and don't really want to bring it up because you don't want to cause a fight, but it's there and it's heavy. And if you're a husband listening to this, have you ever had that conversation with your wife where you think things are going well, but then all of a sudden she tells you how awful she feels and then you just feel helpless. You have no idea what to do because you know you can't go back into the past and change it. So you kind of just muddle through the conversation, don't really know what to say or how to help, or maybe you just get quiet because you don't want to probe and make things worse. And ultimately, you both end the night just feeling bad. This is such a common situation for so many couples where they don't really know how to navigate these really, really sensitive moments, yet this is one of the most important things when it comes to healing in your relationship. So many men don't know what to do or how to respond, and so many women carry this pain by themselves. And so in today's episode, I want to share with you exactly what you can do to navigate these moments successfully and how you can actually use these moments to create closure and resolution in your relationship healing. My name is Sam Tielemans and I'm a licensed therapist and I'm the host of the Couples Healing Podcast. And my goal is to give you all of the tools that you need to truly help you repair your relationship, rebuild trust, and heal individually from pornography use and the pain and the betrayal that it causes. And so I want to start off today's episode by sharing with you a story that has stuck with me for years now that perfectly illustrates this particular situation. I remember working with a couple who was doing very, very good work together. They had learned how to rebuild trust. They were having great conversations. They were actually healing and moving forward in a way that they never thought was possible. He had his behavior completely behind him. And she felt like, man, this is encouraging. I feel optimistic. I feel hopeful. And they were making great, great steps together. So they came back after having a good couple of weeks together. They're on vacation. And she shared with me a story that just sticks with me. Like I said, because it's such a, it perfectly captures the progression of how this process happens for people. She said that they were out playing golf, doing something something that they love to do. And he turned to her while they were having a great day playing on vacation and said, I'm just having such a great day with you. And then out of nowhere, she broke down in tears and he could not believe what was happening. None of that made sense to him. He reflected on the fact that they had been doing such good work together. They were finally in a totally different spot. They were reinforcing their gains. They were in such a, such a better place than they ever had been. And so when he looks at her and says, man, I'm feeling great today. I'm really enjoying our time together. And when she starts to cry, none of that made sense to him. In session, she shared with me that when he said, I'm having a great day with you, it instantly brought up this wave of sadness that was so heavy for her. And it was as if she was sitting in the golf cart and her vision kind of narrows and she feels this heaviness in her chest because it brought up a memory of the past, how in the past they had good moments together. In the past, they would do fun things together and all the while, without her knowing, she had, her, her husband, the, the husband had been struggling with pornography use. And so when all of this came to light, it was just so devastating to her. And so this particular conversation that they had in the golf cart where he said, we're, we're doing great, 
triggered that that memory from the past about how they had been doing great and this was still going on. It was just this wave of grief that showed up. So because they were doing such good work together, they could anticipate conversations like this. And this is what I want to share with all of you who are listening, because my guess is you've experienced something very similar. What he did in that next moment, after he kind of gained his, uh, after he recentered from the confusion that he felt, I was like, I thought we were doing good and now we're not. When he recentered and she shared with him why she was struggling, that prompted him to re-engage in the process that we had been working on in therapy. The key element in this kind of conversation is to recognize that number one, when a wife is feeling grief and sadness and loss over a past memory, the good news is that the husband doesn't have to go back into the past and make changes in a way that it's not possible to do. He doesn't need to go back and fix the past. So often when a wife brings up this situation and her husband gets defensive and thinks, well, what do you want me to do? I've already apologized. Why do you keep bringing this up? When the reality is all she's looking for in that moment is simply just to feel comfort. It's simply reassurance and acknowledgement that she's in pain and that he cares about how she feels. And so when they came back to the session, they shared with me that that's exactly what he did. He remembered that's all she needed. It was just an expression of sadness and that his role in that moment was just to simply support her. He didn't have to explain anything. He didn't have to defend anything or justify it. All he needed to do was simply provide comfort and reassurance that how she felt mattered and that he was more committed than ever to making sure that he never goes back and how much he really does care about her. And when he responded like that in the golf cart, that literally was all she needed to feel better. And they ended up having a great rest of the day and there was closure and both of them felt so good about that conversation. So as you're listening to this, for all of you who are listening, who have had very similar experiences that might not have gone so well, these are the couple of principles that I want to share with you in hopes that when this happens again, because it will, and that's okay that it does, especially if you know what to do, I want to share with you exactly what things to consider and some of the most effective things that I've ever seen work when it comes to couples having these conversations successfully. Number one, principle number one is to recognize that what she's feeling is grief. It's sadness and grief is not this neatly organized process where you go through these steps never to return. That's not how grief works. Think about if you've ever lost somebody close to you in your life. If you think about that person and your experience with that loss, there's different phases all along the way where you can have these moments of acceptance, moments of deep sadness, moments of anger, frustration, sorrow, and then some sense of closure. And then it all can resurface again. You go through the same emotions. It's as if it's like a tide in the ocean. There's a high tide and a low tide. And so when people can recognize while in this very same process, it is loss. A woman feels loss and grief related to what she thought was in their relationship. 
there's so much sadness around thinking, I thought we had this kind of a relationship where we were really close and connected and there was safety and trust. And then in an instant, her whole world changes and the information that she learns completely redefines what she thought she had. And there is a ton of grief and sadness that goes along with that. All of the memories about positive moments and experiences that they had together are all called into question. All of that seems to be redefined and has this shadow that the new information of the discovery of her husband's problem, it casts a shadow over the past. And husbands, it, they experience it differently. It's compartmentalized for husbands. They can reflect on the past and think, we had all these great moments. All of those are real. The care that I felt for you, the love that I have for you, all of that is real. The good moments, the positive experiences, all of it's real. And yes, while I was doing these other behaviors, they're so compartmentalized and disconnected from his experience of reality, which is I love her and I care about her. And I've done multiple episodes of this on the past. I can't remember the specific uh, episode number, so I want to link to it in the show notes to help people make sense, women in particular, how can, well, both, how can you make sense of when a husband says, I love you, and at the same time struggles with pornography? There's a very, very important episode that again is linked to in the show notes that can help you understand this and reconcile this. So husband and wives have very, very different experiences of this. And so for a wife, it's a, it's a devastating sense of loss, which when there's loss, there's grief. And there are different phases to this grieving process. And so it's so important. Again, this is why I use the analogy of like a tide in the ocean. If in the morning time, the tide is low. And then later on, when you go to the in the afternoon, the tide starts, the, the waves get bigger. The tide extends further onto the sand. And this is just the process of how waves work. It is no different when it comes to grief. There are moments when you can feel great when it feels like you're in a great spot together, when everything starts to make sense, you feel much better, you have more security, then in an instant, out of nowhere, a memory can surface or you're reminded about something in the past and all of a sudden the floor drops out from underneath you and there's so much pain. And so husbands who might not understand this can get very confused by this and they think, well, I thought we were doing well, but obviously we're not because she's sad again. If you think about it in those terms, we're doing well, and if she's sad, now we're not, it's very, very discouraging. A husband, so many men that I work with feel very discouraged by this because in their mind, it should be this neatly stages and steps. It's, it should be this neat process from start to finish. And once you finish it, we shouldn't go back. That's just not how grief works. And the principle that I want to convey to you is that this is so important to recognize that that is not the process of grief. So if that's what you expect, you're going to be disappointed when you're faced with your wife's sadness. So I want to share with you, again, this is why I wanted to share this idea of the wave. There is different phases of sadness. There's different phases of relationship development. So when you can recognize that sadness and grief are not indicators that you're not doing a good job, Sadness and grief are not indicators that you're not making progress. And so often men, that's how they receive it. So this is why I want to really want to clarify. 
Sadness and grief are a process and they come in waves and it's okay. It's okay. It doesn't mean you're a bad guy. It doesn't mean that you're letting her down. It doesn't mean that you're not doing a good enough job. If these moments of sadness surface, there's a different way for you to handle that than trying to defend it or explain it or ignore it. Because what happens is when a husband responds in that kind of a way, in his protection, in his discouragement, and it shows up on the surface as ignore, avoid, deflect, minimize, it unintentionally causes more pain and it causes the grief to linger longer than it otherwise would. So I hope that this principle comes across to you that grief and sadness are a part of this process. It's a part of life. It's a part of life. And if it wasn't sadness about this, it would be sadness about something else. It's like I've had clients who are just, you know, clients who I work with uh, who have in the past have come to me. I've, I've over the last six or eight years, I've really narrowed in on all of my efforts being uh, tailored to people who are struggling with this issue. But earlier on in my career, when I was just working with couples who would come in with communication problems or, you know, difficulty with connect connection or intimacy, the same exact process would happen for them. We all have sensitivities. We all have insecurities. And you can just be, let's say, watching a TV show or a movie. And as you're watching that movie, something in the scene there might trigger a memory from the past. And it's the same process. So I just, I guess I want to normalize that this is, this happens to everybody regardless of whether or not there is a, a, a history or an impact of pornography use. Hey everyone, just real quick, if you're a return listener to the podcast and have found it helpful in any way, I would absolutely appreciate it if you wouldn't mind taking literally 10 seconds to just leave a quick rating and review on iTunes. It just helps tremendously to get this podcast out to more people who are struggling, who need help, resources, and some hope. I would absolutely appreciate the gesture and thank you so much for listening. All right, back to the show. So when you can recognize that it's just simply a process and it's okay, it then opens up the door for you to, in here, principle number two, respond to it differently than you had in the past. Instead of protection, all we need to recognize is that when a husband can respond with comfort and reassurance and acknowledgement of the pain, that is the process by which the sadness is soothed and ultimately healed. So how this works is if a wife brings up her pain to her husband and says, I just feel so sad. We're having a good day today and just I was reminded of something in the past. I was reminded of the sadness of the situation that we're in and I just hurt. If a husband can hear that and recognize that, again, it's not a deficiency in him which causes defensiveness, it doesn't mean he's not good enough, which causes shame and spiraling and avoiding. If he can recognize that when she turns to him and says, I just feel sad, that's her invitation to bond with her in that moment and to enter the sadness instead of trying to explain it away. If he can enter the sadness, and that's maybe uh, uh, not as cl- So to clarify what I mean by that. Entering the sadness simply means you acknowledge that it's there and you give it space. You're not trying to get out of it or talk her out of it. You're simply entering it by acknowledging this is really, really hard. I'm sorry that you're struggling with this. 
I can tell this is really affecting you and I want you to know that I love you, that you're not alone, and that how you feel matters to me. Some expression of love, of concern, of validation that it makes sense why she feels this, remorse that she's feeling it because of your actions, that is all she needs to know and hear from you in those moments. And that is really, really good news because you don't have to be this like slick talking, you know, perfectly polished person where you know the right thing to say and how to talk her through it and explain it in such a a perfect way and use all this logic and reason. You don't have to do any of that. All she needs, all somebody needs when they're in their sadness is to know that their feelings matter to you and that that they're not alone in that and that you're here and that you want to support her in any way you can. The expression of that, because guys will often say to me early on when we start working together, they'll say, I have no idea what to do because I can't go back into the past and fix it. There's nothing I can really say to take this away. So I just kind of get quiet because the more the fear that they have is the more they probe, the more they shine a light on that sadness, the more they talk about it, the worse she's going to feel. Nothing could be further from the truth. And I really want you to hear me when I say this. When you give it the attention that it needs, when you put the spotlight on it and you have a conversation about it and you say, tell me more about what you're feeling. What are you noticing? How is this affecting you? I want to know because I don't want you to be alone in this and I want you to know that I care. When you have that conversation, it's like you're taking anesthesia. It's like you're taking anesthetic to the pain and you're, you're helping resolve it and soften it and soothe it in a way that nothing else can. There's nothing else more powerful in those moments that a husband can do than just give her space and enter that with her and have a conversation where he can reassure her. The concern that so many women have is that, you know, they'll, this, women who are listening to this might hear this and think, well, that sounds great. If my husband would do that with me, I would be in a totally different place. But I'm scared that if I bring up my pain, the wall's going to go up and he's going to feel bad. And then there's going to be all this distance and I'll be left all by myself. So this is why I wanted to share with the husbands that are listening to this. This is all you need to do. Again, the fear is you don't know what to do. You can't go back into the past. There's nothing that you can do to solve this. The solve in this situation The action in this situation is to simply just be there with her and reassure her. So the more that you can do this, this these are the two action items I want to leave with you today. My hope is that this is giving you clarity for number one, normalizing the grief and recognizing that it's not evidence that you're doing a bad job together. But then number two, knowing what to do in those moments and how to reassure and how to comfort. It's some variation of what I shared with you. It's basically just sharing from your heart, how do you feel towards her? If she says, if she says I'm scared, I'm sad, I think about the past and it just makes me kind of feel like maybe I wasn't that important to you. What she needs is to hear how much you do see her as important, how much you do love her, how much you do care about her. And the people that I work with, it's all so sincere because the husbands who reach out for this help They absolutely feel remorse and sadness, but that is often what is not seen in these negative cycles of communication where instead of, instead of empathy, 
they get defensive. That's all this negative, that's all protection. That's the negative interaction cycle that couples get stuck in. So number one, just to summarize this, recognizing that grief and sadness come in waves and that's okay. And to be clear, this won't always happen. This won't happen forever. And it's so critical to recognize that it is not time that heals. It's reps, it's repetitions in having these kinds of conversations. Because if you were to think, okay, in five years, I hope we're not struggling with this in five years, or in one year, it's if you think about a year or five years into the future and you think, man, if we're dealing with this still, oh, like I can't even imagine what this will feel like. And maybe there's some of you who have been dealing with this for one, three, five, ten years. I hope that you can hear that it doesn't have to continue like this if you get the tools in place that you need. And so it's not time. Five years could go by, and if you guys don't have conversations together, you will feel the exact same amount of pain as you do today because it's not time that heals. It's conversations. It's the multi, it's, it's multiple conversations and it's lots of reps around responding to these waves of grief with compassion. It's so, it's truly amazing to see how fast couples can recenter when they have these types of conversations together. I had a convert, I had a, a, there was a session that I had with somebody just a couple of weeks ago where he made this observation as we walked through an exercise together and helped her helped him soothe her pain he was he was struck by how quickly the conversation helped them to recenter he was like man this feels so so good we've been struggling this whole week but now we have this one conversation in 15 20 minutes we feel i i feel so encouraged and energized and optimistic because of how good this feels right now so the good news is that it doesn't have to take you five years to feel better. It can take a single conversation to get your footing again. So just to emphasize this, it's not time, it's reps. So having lots of these conversations together can actually help you increase the connection that you feel. Some women have this concern of like, oh, we're having, if we're having a good day, I don't wanna bring it up again. But recognizing that by bringing it up, it can create more connection, more than anything else that you guys can do together when you're feeling this heaviness, that's, that's the path forward. And then secondly, if I can encourage you, if you can remember, well, one, if I can offer you one more tip in terms of encouragement, the tip is to have this conversation first outside of the moment because if a wife is concerned well if i bring up my pain he's going to get upset with me he's going to think haven't we gotten past this already and that's the temptation for a husband to respond with when he thinks that it's a linear process we talked about this i answered your questions you said you felt better why can't we move on when you understand that it's not linear like that it's cyclical it's like you spiral upwards so you revisit the same situation, or rather you revisit the same feelings, but now you have new tools. You have new ways of interacting around them. You have new ways of comforting and responding to them so that you're spiraling upward, ultimately so there is closure, there is healing. While it's not linear, it takes repetition, but this is the way to create that healing. So my encouragement to you is for you 
husbands and wives to have conversations outside of the moment where you guys can talk about this process and get on the same page. And permission is not the right word. It's an invitation where a husband can invite his wife to talk about her pain, knowing that he's the medicine in he, he has the capacity to provide such a positive influence to help her heal. If he can hear this and acknowledge and have that be anchored inside of him, then it's going to be a whole lot easier for her for, for him to invite her to have these conversations. So that would be my encouragement is that you have that talk as you listen to this episode. After you finish this, I would go back and have a conversation with your spouse tonight and have them listen to this. And say, I want to get on the same page. Can we start to have these conversations together where we share in this way? Because really all I need is comfort. Can, can we start to do this together? And if you guys are both on the same page as to this being your process, it will make all the difference when these moments of grief do surface. So I hope that you can take this and implement it this week because I want you to feel relief. I want you to both feel encouraged. And when you have conversations that go well, even if it's about painful things, you will feel optimistic and hopeful and so many, so much more encouraged than you have been in the past if these have been a source of disconnection and discouragement because you think that you should be in a different place on your journey. And I hope that you can implement this this week so you can start to see some progress and some gains and ultimately some closure between you two. Okay, guys, real quick. So I know that each episode of the podcast dives deep into one specific tip or topic to help you repair your relationship or eliminate pornography altogether. But have you recently considered how all of these pieces fit together to create an overall strategy for you to find freedom? If not, I highly recommend doing this and I'd love to help. If you're a man listening to this, I just created a brand new video for you that walks you through exactly what you need to have in place to quit porn without the battle or the struggle. It's totally free and you can check it out at stopporn.info. It details a totally new approach to getting out of the hamster wheel of progress then failure. One step forward, two steps backwards. So again, you can check out the video at stopporn.info.